Welcome to the Going Off Topic Podcast. We're two schmucks that have no idea what we're doing. That's right. Our credibility is about as bona fide as a Burger King hot dog. I'm Brandon. And I'm Chris. And we're Going Off Topic. All right, so welcome to our official first episode of yeah, yeah, Going yeah. Off Topic. Very first one. Kind of surreal, honestly. Yeah, I mean, this this whole thing started when we were just kind of just sitting on a couch. I think we were watching Lord of the Rings. I think it was just like they were leaving the Mines of Moria. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you just kind of turned to me and was like, yeah, what, what if we do a podcast? Yeah, because I remember um, one of my other friends, we actually like thought about doing this, but then... Kind of that idea just kind of fell through because we were too busy and we just didn't really have that much like emphasis towards this. But this time I wanted to take it seriously. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it's you know, like what do I got going on in my life? Pretty much mm-hmm. nothing. So it's like, okay, yeah, sure, fine, I'll, I'll do a podcast. Yeah, work, sleep, eat. I'm sure all you know, four of our listeners will be really thrilled to listen to us. So hi, know. mom. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, mom. I <laughs> really appreciate all that you do for us. That's for sure. So to kind of go off here, um, we have quite a few topics to discuss today, and they are all over the place, hence the name Going Off Topic. So what we got first today? Well, are we going to introduce who we are first? Oh, that's right. Nobody knows who we are. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Be, how how can they keep up with the, the, the character development and growth I, if I'm, they don't know who we are? I'm just so excited that like I already assume people know who I am, so... Well, I mean, with it being just our parents listening to this, for sure, I'm sure they know. But That's what I'm going with. <laughs> for, the, for the people who want to uh, get invested into this program, they need to know who they're dealing with. Yeah, who are you? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm Chris and uh, got a degree in film and video oh, and, and working as a video editor mm-hmm. was the plan. Uh, but I'm not working as a video editor and I or well, I'm doing freelance. Right. And I'm here doing this podcast with you. So clearly my career is going very well. <laughs> and as for me, I'm kind of in the same light. Funny enough, we actually went to the same college. I am also a film student graduate and I am also a freelancer. However, instead of video editing, it's sound editing and sound production. So I do a lot of, uh, freelancing for like film sets and other personal projects and along with this to make our resume look nice but i also work just to also pay my bills whenever i can and i'm doing this now so wow sounds good boo that's right we do puns here too Welcome. you can turn it off if you want we, no one would blame you we completely <laughs> understand but anyway uh i saw a couple interesting articles i thought i'd I'd share with you guys. Oh, go for it. I, I know everybody's been talking about the royal wedding. As we know, the wedding is going on currently. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, there was quite a few people who did not think that would actually happen. They didn't think the wedding would actually go off without a hitch. Are you serious? Like, what do you mean? So there's an article that says, Psychic predicts royal wedding will be canceled. <laughs> So, <laughs> what's her claim? Just that she had hindsight with it, or like what, what's going on? Basically, this woman is a self-proclaimed clairvoyant mm-hmm. who goes by the name Sibhorn Killory. Ooh, I know that was a 
horrible Irish accent. You should be ashamed of yourself. Foresees the strangeness surrounding the wedding, culminating with a shocking conclusion on Saturday when the couple wind up not exchanging vows. According to an Irish media outlet, the psychic had previously predicted that this week would see a major headline-making story <laughs> rock the royal wedding yeah. in the days before the big event with the news that Markle's father now plans to pass on attending the wedding due to health concerns. Kilroy believes that her proverbial sixth sense has been proven correct. However, she warns not everything is as it seems. Yeah, she's wrong. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? I mean, that's like kind of like getting your horoscope read where it's like something big will happen today. It's like, okay, if you're vague enough, of course yeah. something big will happen. Exactly. And it definitely seems like this is the case for this lady. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then here's a quote she's got. I said there would be sensational news coming from the Yuki. (laughs) Yuki. The Yuki. Oh, there in the Yuki. Sounds like a a Canadian province. Yuper. Coming from the UK and somebody would fall ill. So she called her uh, Meghan Markle's father being too ill to come to the wedding. Mm. She claims that Markle's cancellation is part of a cover-up to set the stage for an even bigger bombshell before the big day. Ugh. She says, something serious will happen that will stop the wedding. Okay, and then this is back to the story. While there does seem to be a weird vibe hovering over the weekend's events, a cancellation of a royal wedding would be a story of seismic proportions. Um, hmm. The last time I checked my Facebook feed... Looks like everything went according to plan. Uh, yeah, I can confirm. I was sitting there and I was actually watching a little bit of the coverage with my mom. So mm-hmm. uh, I saw the kiss, like you know, it, I saw the, I saw the vows were exchanged. I it happened. So you know, if you were going to go into Ireland and see uh, Mrs. Miss or Mrs. I imagine one of the, one of the two, yeah, uh, Kilroy. Uh, if you went to go see Miss Kilroy for your fortune, uh, I would. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. Exactly. <laughs> we'll check check with a, a different psychic. Mm-hmm. Um, because did not seem to be the case. Mm-mm. Sorry. Not happening. The other interesting story we got here comes to us from Tanzania. Ooh. That's right. So we're, we're really going global here with our uh, weird articles. <laughs> and the title of the article is Cursed corn sticks to man's head. Wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on. It says corn. Ad, that's as in as in yeah, corn on the cob. All right, yeah. Well, what what's uh, what's going on with that? So it plays out like this: a bizarre incident in Tanzania saw a thief's capper turn into a nightmare when a stolen bag of corn became stuck to his head, <laughs> thanks <laughs> to some kind of black magic. Oh boy! According to a local media report. Frank Joffet pilfered the sack, which weighed a hefty 45 pounds, from an unsuspecting farmer in his village. Oh. So this guy put a 45-pound bag on his head. Yeah. Uh, so his plan was to drop the bag off at a friend's house and return later um, with more stolen goods. Mm-hmm. And that quickly went awry when Joffet realized that the bag had become inexplicably... Realized... <clears throat> Joffet realized the bag had become inexplicably stuck to his head. (laughs) Despite all manner of attempts to remove the stolen sack, the increasingly frustrated Joffet could not free himself from this cursed corn. 
After hours of this maddening experience, the thief had finally had enough and actually turned himself in (laughs) for the crime at the local police station in the hopes that they could remove the bag. (laughs) Yeah, you're just walking up to the officers. Yeah, okay, get John out here. We got another cursed bag on some guy's head. Yeah, bring out the crowbar, the blessed crowbar. Divert the black yeah, magic. Yeah, like seriously. Like, oh, yeah. You, you, the, the police have a good uh, anti, uh, you know, anti-hex warding unit. You know, I bet it was uh, somehow involved with that psychic up north. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's collusion, collusion. <laughs> anyway, authorities in turn brought Jaffet to the home of the farmer, who apparently put an end to the spell that she had cast on the corn in an attempt to retrieve her stolen goods. Were it not for weird photos and video of Joffet mournfully carrying this sack of corn on his head the pol- at the, to the police station, one might be inclined to think that this was just some ridiculous tall tale. Mm-hmm. However, the evidence that we have appears to indicate that this was a genuine instance of black magic apparently being su- successfully used to thwart a thief. I What's your take have, on that, Brandon? I really don't have any words. That is just way too crazy to be true. But wait, that's not from an Onion article, is it? Oh no, no, no! This isn't the Onion now. Oh, so oh this my is, god, uh, that was actually real. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, what is as real, real as it can be? What is real in the, today's day of fake news? Oh, are we going uh, philosophical now? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, we? maybe fake news is another episode. <laughs> We're just two schmucks, like we said. Yeah. Are we actually alive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so what else do we so have? I, was, I, I, th- I thought you had something pretty interesting you wanted to get into oh, yeah? about childhood trauma. Oh, yeah. So I the other day when I was at work, I had this thought in my head about, you know, when we watched so many movies growing up. And, sure. you know, a lot of it is mostly from Disney or just whatever. A lot of it is kid-centric. And sometimes when you're, like, growing up like this, you watch some things that kind of like affect you when you're, you know, watching it. And okay, where you, are you going with this? So, you know, there's like childhood trauma when it comes to like, you know, scary things and movies. And sometimes, oh, okay, no, like, that's where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> I was very nervous about where this was headed. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. It's we're all good. Um, but we get to the instance that you know we get really scared of like a certain scene or a certain character. Okay, yeah, so the yeah, cliche definitely. one that people talk about a lot is like, you know, large Marge from the Pee Wee Herman movie, you oh, know, God. With the stop motion, you know, face like, he looked oh. like this, you know, like you see like, it's oh, like, to this day, I don't think I can watch that mm. anymore. I mean, that was really disturbing as a kid. Well, actually I didn't watch that as a kid. I watched that when I was growing up. So um, when I was uh, much older, so like I really didn't have that like impact when I was a kid. Now, if you talk about the uh, pink elephant scene in Dumbo, however, oh, that really yeah. got me. Like, I don't know why, but just like it was like really trippy. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, this is what happens when you drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Like really eerie music. Yeah. It's like jovial, but like it's also like dark as well. It's like it always got to me when I was watching it. Still yeah, does. that scene did more for uh, in an anti-alcohol campaign than any Red Ribbon Week has ever done for students. <laughs> oh, yeah, but like there's also other things that like I thought of as well. Um, there was um, somehow Disney always gets related to this, but ever watched the Brave Little Toaster? Oh yeah, yep. And I already know where you're going with this. Well, 
Which one? Because there's quite a few, actually. Uh, well, I'm thinking of the first one. With yep. the, the... No, I meant like certain scenes that got me, because there's actually more than okay, one. Okay, okay, fair enough. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... Man, we watched a lot of disturbing stuff in the 90s, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. Um, the one the one that got me the most was probably the Phil Hartman air conditioner in oh, the gosh, house. Oh, gosh, yep, absolutely. Where he, ex- like, overheats himself and he explodes. And, like, you just see, like, this, like, broken dead air conditioner just like laying on the window so i'm just like just getting unnerved by it just thinking get (laughs) oh yeah i mean the lighting of that it was it was just a very creepy scene Mm -hmm. you know that that kind of makes me think of uh uh a scene in fern gully uh (laughs) where the smoke that's voiced by tim curry is is coming to life it starts off as like kind of slime and muck think and then it starts like eating a bunch of pollution mm-hmm. and it's like this disturbing song that's being played as it's becoming this creepy smog monster yeah i remember being pretty thrown off by that as a kid too mm-hmm. taught me to go green hey there you go just gotta save the earth man mm-hmm. <laughs> so that tim curry doesn't come into my home and just like start singing to me so <laughs> yeah tim curry coming into anybody's home singing to you is is, is a bad thing man tim curry he, he's really he was in the rocky horror picture show and he was the kind of creepy guy and, yeah and then there was uh and he he was it he was the original uh Pennywise the Clown. Yeah, that's right. So, man, yeah, really, Tim Curry, man. Creepy dude. Creepy dude, but wonderful actor. Yeah, definitely. Like, I rewatched the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show a couple years ago with a friend of mine, and I forgot, like, how good that movie was. Like, I was really shocked. Like, there was, like, this, like, laugh-out moment where, like, there was this guy that was, like, in a wheelchair that was going, like, really fast for some reason. I have no idea why, but just, like, I lost it at that part. <laughs> See, the scene that, that that I'm thinking of that really creeps me out with him is when he's, like, I guess first being introduced, and he's just, like, tapping his foot in the elevator and mm-hmm. slowly, oh, yeah. for some reason, it's, like, that tapping and the, the kind of ominous music playing. Yeah. That's just all I remember as a kid, just kind of, like, making the whole thing really creepy. Mm-hmm. And of course, we got, we got to talk about um, it from 1990. Now, this isn't the, um, the remake that came out, which is which I liked as well. But um, the old TV mini series movie that came out way back before you and I was born in 1990. So um, I remember, like in the playground, people would always the kids would always talk about that movie, like how scary it was, and that's where like a lot of people um, had their fear of clowns developed and. I, this is going to sound stupid, but to kind of fit in, I said I was also afraid of clowns, but I really wasn't. But however... That's phobia appropriation, Brandon. <laughs> I should be ashamed of myself. <laughs> but um, there but there was um, just moments in there that just kind of like offset me rather than like, you know, actually like scare me in a sense. I actually laughed more than I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, some for some people, that's like their immediate reaction to mm-hmm. something really scary or really disturbing. I'm definitely one of those people where it's like, you know, if I see some horrible accident, you know, it's going to be kind of like a chuckle from me. Mm-hmm. Not because it's actually funny, but because it's so, oh my gosh, crazy. That yeah. It's like that your defense mechanism of how to react to something as stressful or, or, or disturbing. Yeah, it's your body trying to cope with that you know it's like okay i can't think of anything else in the drawer here let's pull out oh laughter there we go yeah (laughs) speaking of that it's like in scary movies i have this method where if i think a jump scare is coming 
like you know it's getting all quiet and mm-hmm. still and there's move like a person slowly moving to a door yeah. i'm sitting here and my brain's like oh yeah you gotta get ready for this bro there's gonna be someone <laughs> jumping out yeah so what i'll do is i'll start tapping my feet or tapping my legs and it kind of gets me into mm-hmm. a movement so that i'm focusing on that and so when the jump happens I'm not one of those idiots who's sitting there and like hopping out of their seat. Yeah. You know, so that's one of the ways I try to preserve what little bit of coolness I have left. Yeah. The um, way the way that I do that is because um, like I don't get scared of jump scares. I think it's actually quite lazy in a lot of films. But um, what I do is I usually like cross my arms. Cross like, your arms? I, yeah. Because like I don't want to jump. Cause like this is you know something that's yeah no like, one wants to be that guy yeah so I just try to or like, gal yeah. or gal it's 2018 <laughs> yeah. girls can get scared too <laughs> <laughs> but like I would cross my arms and just like I really wouldn't like you know do it tightly but just like firmly to where like you know if firmly grasp, grasp it, it. <laughs> like I would just do it firmly and like you know whenever the scare happens like I just like I don't even jump I just like you know dig a little jitter basically so like. That way it's better than like, you know, my arms flitting backwards like, whoa. So, you know, that way it's like my way of coping with like, you know, jump scares and stuff. But um, but going back to uh, the childhood stuff. Would you um, say we went off topic <gasps> there? Oh, this is this is it, guys. He this said is- it. Yay. <laughs> but with, um, with, with it, I remember um, the one – because like this movie would always like make me laugh because Tim Curry is just so – outrageous i mean if you look at the second half of the movie like it's not even like good anymore like there's like kiss me fat boy <laughs> like, like you like balloons how about a bunch it's just like it's, just, it's, it's so like he was awesome in that but just like you know as a kid you probably got freaked out by it because he's so eccentric like humans shouldn't you know make a expression like that like that's just too exaggerative and like too big. i don't like how you're moving sir <laughs> please close your mouth <laughs> i'd rather not have my arm getting bitten off by you please thank you <laughs> oh but just there's so many things i mean we can, we can always come back to this because you know um there's always something like you know even in video games too like there were some video games i used to play like you know i got you know childhood trauma off of that like as stupid as this is gonna sound um I remember when I played Super Mario 64, like, in 1997, um, there was a moment in that game where there's, like, the stairs that go up to the final part where you um, try to beat Bowser. But you have to have a certain star requirement, which is, like, 70, I think. And if you don't have enough... Real upscale living for, for Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> Gated community. Yeah, uh, you need 70 stars, kid. Real class elitism <laughs> there. <laughs> so, like, if you don't have enough stars... It's an endless staircase and it always loops. And there's just like this looping music. And it's like you're looking up the stairs, it's just darkness. And you know, you just you hear this music go like do 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 and it's like it gets to you. And like, you know, five year old me was just kinda like psychologically messed up with that. Because I'm like I'm like, I wanna go up, but like it's gonna be forever and like I'm just being daunted by this thing. And like I remember like I was I went to my mom. I'm just like, oh, just one step. Like, then don't go up the stairs. I'm like, I have to though. <laughs> and I realized I had to get more stars to get that. But just like that was something that got me when I was a kid too. So it's just, it's not only related to you know movies, but it's also games and could be music in a sense too. But I really can't think of anything like that. But yeah, you know, I guess the other thing that really messed me up 
when I was younger, I mean, is uh, watching that show, Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon? Yeah. You know, and that one, it's like, come on, Chris, you, you knew what you were getting into watching something like that. <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud, the title says it all. Yeah, isn't that the uh, Midnight Society or whatever? Yeah, where the kids are sitting around the, the fire and they mm-hmm. throw the little magical sand or whatever yeah, in there and was... they tell their story. Anyway, there was one... Some people might remember this one. Uh, actually, there's two I want to go into that really messed me up. Mm-hmm. One was uh, this kind of uh, movie theater episode mm-hmm. where they're playing kind of a ripoff of Nosferatu. Ooh. And they have kind of like Dracula in it. Mm-hmm. But what happens is the movie comes to life and Dracula steps right out of the screen. Oh. And I still, to this day, just remember this scene. I can still clearly see the guy playing Dracula mm-hmm. who's kind of coming at the camera with his hands out and he's slowly getting closer to the character that, you know, you're trying to be sympathetic to. Mm-hmm. And it's just, he had like this bald head. It was really pale. Yeah, we really need to highlight how horrifying bald people are. (laughs) And it was just coming slowly at the camera. And I can still, I can still see it. And I just remember anytime I went down into the basement by myself and the lights were out, Mm. I just immediately, I just, I just went to whatever was the scariest thing possible, which at that time, was Dracula slowly coming at me while I'm trying to go get a otter pop from our freezer, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that that really messed me up. Now you bring back memories like you know basement in the dark, like that was like my oh whole yeah no fear back yeah. then. What what kind of kid enjoyed going down into the basement in the dark? The I, weird kid I, the, that the, eats boogers. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ones who the Marilyn Manson, you know, people like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But the other one that really stuck with me, even to this day, I still kind of freak out a bit about it, is there was this one where it was about people swimming in a pool mm-hmm. and there was some dead ghost creature that lived in the pool and it would drag people down and try Ooh. to like drown them. So, <laughs> and you couldn't see it. You couldn't see the monster or the ghost or whatever. So, yeah. you know, that didn't go well when it came time for summer camp. And, you know, everybody was going into the pool and hopping mm-hmm. into the deep end and stuff. And all I'm thinking is, oh, you guys are going to get got. You guys are fools for doing this. Yeah. I was the just, thing's in there and it's going to grab you. <laughs> I was just asking to ask you, like, did you ever think that when you at your lifeguard job that you had a while back? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, uh, eventually I grew out of it. You know, I think I, I grew out of it when I was probably... 18 so you know mm-hmm. uh <laughs> it didn't stick with me too long um but i didn't <laughs> <laughs> you know and i know a lot of people also have a similar fear where uh they they irrationally and myself included with this they irrationally think that in the deep end there's going to be some kind of shark that mm-hmm. is let loose well, yeah. into the pool like, thanks spielberg like this is freaking james bond thunderball yeah and the the bad guy with the sharks in the pool and so uh, I, between an invisible ghost that pulls people down to their deaths and a great white just swimming around in the deep end, uh, it, it made swimming pretty, uh, pretty, pretty terrifying event. Yeah. I think it's kind of like the, the fear of the unknown that humans yeah, have. Yeah, certainly. Because, like, you know, as humans, like, we want, every, we want to know everything, you know, before we do something. And with the water, like... You only can see so much unless you go under. And even then, your vision's like, you know, 
only go so far. So you, with that, you know, you're thinking like all the possible dangers, like, oh, shark or, you know, um, this current can pull me in. Like, you don't you don't see that until it happens. So it's kind of like I, I can understand people's fear of like, you know, your fear of sharks and stuff like that. For yeah. Sure. As so. you know, that that is my number one fear in this world is mm-hmm. sharks. Uh, I, the worst case scenario is is I'll just try to paint this picture here. This is this theater of the mind. The the worst case scenario in my life, which I could ever experience, is being in the middle of the ocean, and for th- complete three sixty degree view, mm. there's nothing but water for miles and miles. <laughs> no 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 islands, no boats, no in no debris, nothing. Just water as far as the eye can see, and you're just is floating there treading mm-hmm. water and all of a sudden you feel something brush past your leg Ooh. oh man <laughs> see I'm, I'm getting freaked out just just talking about that right now like, I'm, I'm there so well, some, something like that that is that is worst case scenario and that is like i hope i had a heart attack in that moment yeah. of fear well you know what you could do to escape that is Razzle up a couple of sea turtles and use hair to, you know, drag them off from your back. You know, a little Pirates of the Caribbean reference there for you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very nice. Yeah, that, that seemed to work out pretty well for Captain Jack. Yep. But you got to get those sea turtles first. So Yeah, you know. and I'm not I'm not great at attracting sea turtles. No, it neither was, am I. It's, it's never. Well, I, you, I'm just not their type. Well, what about think. pizza? Well, I've had. Oh, a, wait, those are Ninja Turtles. I keep mixing them up. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Speaking of horrifying and, and and terrifying events and uh situations mm-hmm. uh i just got on tinder hey welcome aboard buddy <laughs> just this last weekend uh and see what the fuss is all about and uh you know i'm doing all right you mm-hmm. know, i'm doing okay uh but there was just a couple things that that i just couldn't help but notice oh um, really and what's that so what i'm seeing is that most of these women are nurses or some kind of you know, working in the medical field. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny to me that there's not, you know, I, I figured there'd be like a wide range of different, you know, careers, but I guess, it, I guess it makes sense. You know, I, I figure, you know, being a nurse, there's, you don't see a lot of guys. There's not a lot of opportunity to meet, yeah. you know, guys. So they're, so they're so busy. Yeah. 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 So, you know, going on Tinder makes sense that you'd see a lot of nurses there. But anyway, I just thought that mm-hmm. was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I've noticed that I'm not, I'm not really happy about, yeah. Oh, it, here we go. <laughs> it's going to sound really ranty here. Uh, I I don't understand. I don't understand why people would try to hide or cover up what they look like. Well, they feel insecure. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But I, I I there's plenty of times where I'll run across profiles where I see five pictures of a girl, but it's all close up. Of her face. Yep. And in some cases, all five of these pictures are with Snapchat filters. They give them like giant eyes. Or, or they're dogs. Or they're dogs for some reason. Or <laughs> pigs. And, you know, all kinds of weird critters. Yeah. And, you know, that's all well and good to have fun with that and stuff like that. But at the same time, you're, you're misrepresenting yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean this as in like I, I show up and it's like a, a girl's not what I was looking for. What I'm, what I'm saying is you should you shouldn't be concealing or trying to distort you should be putting yourself forward yeah. whether you're confident or insecure because i guarantee you there's someone out there who is interested in what you've got going on mm-hmm. and so you know it, i know it's really hard to do that because oh for sure because you're stepping out of your comfort zone to you know put yourself out towards others and like hey this is me you know so it's yeah. kind of like oh boy 
Yeah. And and nobody wants to put themselves out there, say, hey, this is me, and then get no likes or matches or right. anything like that. But, but at the same time, you know, we're in a society where it's definitely quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we post things for likes. We It's yep. all about likes. It's all about Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. It's all about having a higher number. Hashtag, hashtag go follow uh, going off topic. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> anyway, you know, it, it's all about having high numbers instead of like kind of a quality aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, personally for me, I'd rather show my ugly mug, you know, and, and let let the girls see it with no filter, no, you know, distortions like, hey, this is it. What you see is what you get. Yep. And just lay myself out there and get, you know, like two matches out of a month maybe hey that's better than none man yeah and but at least then i know that those girls are it's like they're down you know or or they swiped accidentally yeah i actually had that happen (laughs) uh (laughs) yeah my first uh i got a super like (gasps) and i learned very quickly that nobody actually super likes so if you get a super like it's an accident Mm -hmm. and so I, i i messaged this girl you know, cause she super liked me and I, you know, I, she said she liked really lame dad jokes. And so I was thinking, Oh, oh man, that's you, buddy. that is me. Here <laughs> we go. And so I, I let out, you know, I kind of, I, I messaged her and I said, you know, I'm so honored that you super liked me. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless of course you didn't mean to super like me. And in which case that would be like super disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I was immediately unmatched right after that. Oh, uh, so apparently uh, not those kind of dad jokes. Nope. Not, um, not too too much like that. Maybe yeah. Maybe I uh, took it to a whole new hierarchy of uh, of, of cringiness. Probably. Um, but anyway, I, I just I feel like you know whether you're a guy, girl. I mean, this is just because you know I, from my perspective, I, I just see the girls. I'm not mm-hmm. you know I'm not right. checking out both sides here. So I. I I can only go off what I see. Yeah. But, you know, I imagine there's a lot of guys who misrepresent themselves, too. Oh, I, I imagine that for sure. So what I'm getting at is just, you know, if you're ashamed of or, or you're, you don't feel as confident, but maybe like about your body or, or certain um, uh, traits you might have, I guarantee you there's somebody out there who is interested, who is who would be totally happy to meet you. And so I, I don't know. I just I like seeing people who confidently put themselves out there mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, this is who I am." Yep. Uh, I'd rather be happy than be leading somebody on or tricking somebody. Because I mean, even if you trick somebody into going on a date with you uh, or misrepresenting yourself in some way to going on a date with someone, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to see this person in real life, and the truth's going to come out right there. I mean, would you rather, you know? You getting turned down in person or beginning in some cases some guys or gals will really lay into the person for tricking them yeah so why set yourself up for something so harsh like that yeah it's it's very unusual but um but that's the thing though you got it's all trial and error like it's just like yeah, everything exactly. else we do so you know you just gotta like experiment you know like yeah. I remember because like I, I use Tinder for a little while. Um, I don't any, as much anymore, but like I do periodically every now and then. You on the OK Cupid now? <laughs> Actually, I've never tried it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but I, um, you know, when I compared to like when I first started out, you know, I probably wasn't that you know appealing looking just the way I put myself out there. But as time, <laughs> the, the way you said that, I was probably not a. Uh... 
very appealing to the ladies. Mm -mm. I was not. (laughs) But I like, you know, as time went on, once I learned the system and the way, like, things worked, you know, I'm more... Yeah, who would have thought there is a meta (gasps) to Tinder? No way. It's like a game. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, the one one thing that I've noticed um, more than anything else is two phrases that at least I've seen through women on there is that they like the office show and that they want to go on an adventure. Oh, so man, it's like, yeah, what absolutely. what do you mean by going on an adventure? Is that like literally you want to go like take a $4,000 trip across the world or do you just want to go to the supermarket and get like a slushy? Like, you know, you, you got to let me know here. You're being way too broad. So it's just like you got to be specific. See, when I think adventure, I'm thinking like all the Indiana Jones movies minus the alien fourth yeah. one. Uh, crystal skull uh yeah i exactly i'm thinking something cool like swashbuckling wait wait are you telling me that surviving a nuclear blast in a side refrigerator is not an adventure you want to be on right that's a different episode and (laughs) and i think you know that (laughs) i don't know about you but i think that'd be kind of cool honestly (laughs) definitely uh a story you tell your buds like hey guess what happened to me last thursday (laughs) it's like Oh man, but it's. It, I'm I'm glad that people still use Tinder though, because it's just because some people criticize it. It's like like oh, it seems so fake. You don't meet them in person, whatever. You know, like, but it's like it's another way of meeting people. Like even if you don't want to really want to date them, like it's just a new way of seeing friends. Even like I've seen people do that. You know, certainly. But and there's other people who just do it as a um, you know as a game like how many people like me you know, yeah, like they see? don't do anything with it it's like oh i got 103 matches you know it's just like but you don't talk to them it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's you know kind of like we were talking about it's uh quantity over quality it's all about up in numbers and mm-hmm. uh there's there's kind of uh, uh a sense of value and worth in that and honestly, I mean, it, it, it kind of is, I could see in the future of this kind of getting really black mirror-y. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, you uh, know, having a higher number means a higher social worth. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's, uh, yeah, that's Tinder for you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the field. But you know what? If you go in there, that's awesome. You know what? Congratulations. You're putting yourself out there, and that's awesome. And, you yeah, know, I hope you always find somebody. Yeah. But, you know, as long as you don't catfish and, you, you know, you don't post fake stuff and, you know, try to manipulate people. And that's like a whole nother topic. But that's the message we really want to get across is catfishing hurts you more than, you know, you realize it's it's something yep. that, you know, it's like a short term reward mm-hmm. for no gain. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm just having this thought right now because I, I remember one time I did it like there was this. um person that i swiped right and i got this match i'm like oh okay and I, this was actually back at when i was still at grand valley and um there was like you know she messaged me immediately i'm like I'm like oh i got a message already i looked into it it's like hey click on this link and you'll see nudes and i'm like oh <laughs> oh you're a bot okay <laughs> you want my credit card number oh and my social security number wow i feel honored so where did the link take you Somewhere you didn't want to go. Ah, okay. No, I'm kidding. I, I didn't even <laughs> click on it. <laughs> so you say. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? If you get into it, just be prepared for surprises because there's a whole lot of people out there and they are more eccentric than you think. 
Well, the other thing I've noticed, and maybe other people have noticed this too, is when I start, when I get to the swiping, uh, it, you start to, if you get too dispassionate about it, and you just swipe like crazy, uh, you get to a point where people start to just look the same. Where they also, I don't know if anybody else experiences this, where they all just kind of start to blur together. There's a point where the blondes all just look the same to me. <laughs> and uh, when I start getting to that point, I, I say to, I try to say to myself, okay, now don't just stop this because you're you're getting too dispassionate about this. And yeah, you know, to a certain extent, you end up just swiping on people who you know could could have a lot in common with could, could yeah. you know be a good match so and the times that that did happen and did go somewhere it was awesome i don't regret any like dates i had with you know the people i met on tinder like you know all those girls were great like i'll be honest but you know they didn't go anywhere i'm kind of glad it didn't because you know things kind of happen for a reason and like i i am who i am now because of that and you know i'm just i'm still glad that i still tried it out instead just like you know not trying anything and giving up. So it's just kind of like, you know, I'm kind of glad it exists in a way. And like other like dating apps and websites and stuff like that. It just kind of gives you like that little push. It's like, hey, here's a, here's a few people that want to like, that are going for the same thing, you know, and we're just here to help you out. Okay, so here's a question for you. What's your immediate swipe left? And for those who don't know, swipe left is the immediate rejection. Ooh, that is a question. Um Immediate. Yep, it is a question. <laughs> Can confirm. Yes. Um, immediate swipe left is whenever they like have one single picture and it's extremely blurry and I can't tell who it is or no picture at all. It's like, okay, you're probably not even a, a human, so I'm just gonna swipe left. You know? See, I was gonna say the same thing. That's that's my immediate swipe left as well. Although I did come across one girl who her first picture featured was a picture of her face but covered in blood. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm looking at this hmm. and I was like, hmm, Meredith, face covered with blood. That's real bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out for her. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a what a bold strategy of going with the bloody face looking you, for matches. You know, I'm I'm really disappointed that her name wasn't Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she really missed an opportunity there. Yeah, that's for sure. Bloody Meredith. Mm. But uh, besides that, I did I did swipe left for this. No, wait, actually I did. I right cuz I laughed my butt off on this. So there was actually one time where there was this profile it and the name was Duck. And oh, okay. it was literally okay. like five pictures of mallard ducks just like swimming, <laughs> flying and like whatever. And like the description was I am just a duck. I like to eat bread. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> just like I Love this. I just swiped right because I thought, like, you know what? You did your job. Like, I'm not expecting anything out of this, but just, like, this is just too good. <laughs> I did the same thing with Minnie Mouse, and so I am I'm, I'm now matched Minnie with Ma- Minnie Mouse. Dude. Yeah. yeah, I know. Dude, that's, like, some serious connection there. Like, it's you a, can, like, go to Walt Disney World and Walt Disneyland for free. It's, like, a, it's a big deal. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I'm optimistic. You hey, know, crossing my fingers. You but, may even help us save money to go on the trip. So, boom. Yeah, well, uh, well. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see if I can get the that that uh, connection and uh, get that hookup. Not that hookup, but the hookup hey. for for the park. Yeah, uh, obviously. Um, and yeah, we'll see see where it goes. Yeah, you know, speaking of uh, social interactions, mm-hmm. uh, I was just thinking about our uh, most recent D and D session we had. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. And for those of you who don't know, uh, D&D uh, is a shorter way of saying Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you, a lot of fun. You may uh, know of Dungeons & Dragons from uh, the hit show Stranger Things, mm-hmm. uh, where that's pretty heavily featured. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was also you may also know, if you're, if you're some of the, our older listeners here, you might know from uh, the 80s, where it was also known as Devil Worship. Yep. Uh, can confirm. <laughs> so yes, we are devil worshippers. Uh, <laughs> so you know, Brandon and I are are in a in a campaign right now, and uh, we just had a pretty pretty crazy battle. Whew, yeah, you last got that time. Right. It almost wiped us out. Mm-hmm. End of uh, campaign. That's it. Which would have so. would have really been bad because I was I'm really attached to my character, and I kind of oh, yeah. want to see where things go. So it's like one of those things where it's like even if we did get wiped out. I would still just make like a reincarnation of my guy, you know, the same (laughs) name, same everything. Well, because like if that happens, you don't just lose your character. You lose a part of yourself. Exactly. You know, it's just like I put all my effort and like love into this. I love this imaginary character. (laughs) I am unhealthily attached to his success and failures. Like our friend Zach, he's the uh, dungeon master. And he's particularly sadistic. Oh, 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 you got that right. Hey, Zach. <laughs> um, but like um, we gave him like our backstories and like he's incorporating them into the quest. So it's like, please don't die because I want to figure out how my backstory gets involved into the campaign. So I'm like, I'm always like, you know, cautious before everything. Unlike our other player, uh, Mitch, who, you know, just goes into battle without even thinking, you know, because he wants that XP, so. <laughs> yeah, we found ourselves in a pretty tense situation because of him, actually, where he just wanted to uh, rush a cave that had a monster in it, and uh, we were contracted in our campaign to take out this monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we wanted to prepare first, uh, but not our uh, not our buddy Mitch, mm-hmm. our, uh, our level 5... Uh, wood elf ranger archer buddy Yipper. Uh, who wanted to just go right on in and even though we dropped our weapons off at uh, a blacksmith to get them silvered so we didn't even have our main set of weapons we were, oh that's right we did do that we were going into yeah. this recon mission mm-hmm. with nothing but a smile <laughs> and good intentions yeah good intentions and especially uh, from mitch's character varus and you know granted we're also we started this mission uh, right around what was it like maybe 2 a.m oh god yeah. which was a oh, just another terrible idea yeah because then i like come from work like immediately oh no that was the other time um that was that one party we went to but um but yeah like I, I remember i felt so exhausted already at that point i'm just like how can we end this sooner because i need to go to sleep well there is one way we could have ended it sooner and it was all just drop dead yeah i'd but, rather but i'd rather we, not. we wanted to find a way to get through and uh to those of you who aren't familiar, Dungeons and Dragons battles can go on for quite a long time. There's, yep. and especially because we were unlucky enough to be facing a pack of gnolls, and they're what per- are gnolls? So they're they're yeah. I guess I should probably explain that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so gnolls are like big beefy dog creatures that that they stand. They're bipedal. They stand on two legs. So swole dogs. Swole dogs. Yeah. Swole <laughs> swole dogs, and uh, yeah, they uh, they really beat the hell out of us mm-hmm. um we, we were very close to not succeeding in that and watching the whole campaign go up in flames and yeah. us slowly you know getting back terrible? to our lives you know what be terrible is like all of us die except for one person and then they have to keep going with the campaign with the guilt <laughs> the pain of watching all of the their gui- friends die the guilt of the lone survivor Ooh. yeah I, no and you know my character is uh 
I don't mean to brag or anything, but, you know, I'm a level five paladin. Oh, do say. So, you know, things are getting pretty serious. I have the extra attack now, which mm-hmm. makes quite a difference. I'm a I'm a level five sneaky boy that happens to be a uh, wood elf as well. So. Yeah, that's right. Rogue. Going rogue. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, because I'm a really original person, uh, my character's based on Dante from Dante's Inferno. Not based. His name is hey. actually Dante. Wait, from the book or from the video game? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ah, the Kratos ripoff. Exactly. So, so I want. I, you know, I really want to see uh, where our sadistic uh, dungeon master takes these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, Zach's really creative with the games that he does, for sure. Oh, certainly. Um, and and funny like we, we have a, a blast just like laughing our butts off like at my apartment just playing this game for several hours and you know for some people it's like how can you do that but like it's because of the energy that we have and the, you know you know sense of community that we have with one another I mean I don't know if uh, it's gonna last forever but um, my roommate actually got into the game now so and he can't play next week and when we're gonna play yeah isn't so that isn't great? that great we're just like hey here's this new character and he's going to the tavern while you guys take care of everything else because he can't be at the next <laughs> session hey we didn't catch your name oh he's gone oh and he's gone just like that <laughs> he's just the mysterious stranger like from fallout games that yeah. just appears takes out the bad guys and then disappears exactly but very helpful though yeah i mean we probably would have we probably would have had a total team wipeout if he didn't show up mm-hmm. that yeah we, we we were not prepared uh, but like it with with that kind of game, like you know, if you play with like strangers or you know people you don't know as much, you know it's it takes a lot longer for you to like want to play that game because you know um, you don't really know them and there's not like this like you know tendency to like you know one up each other you know like you know having fun with it. It's just kind of like okay, I want my character to level up as fast as possible and like be good at this game. Where at our game considerably, like you know we take our time, we have fun with it. You know it's like that's why like. I keep going back to this because it's just I have fun with you guys, you know. So you know, with your brother, you know, Zach, Mitch, Charles, you know, you. It's just like it's just fun. Definitely That's the best way I can describe it. But yeah, I mean, and with the game itself, it's it's unlike pretty much anything I've ever played. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, you know video game kid that became yeah. It's not like a video game. Video games were inspired by it, but it's not like like a video game at all. In video games, you can essentially be just this badass who takes out entire camps of bad mm-hmm. guys and you do it with you know your hands tied behind your back and, and with the cheat code and, yeah you just <laughs> just destroy everything in this game it's like you're 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 at the mercy of your roles with your mm-hmm. dice and uh so with exactly. that comes great success but also great failure at any get any moment you could have great failure and it can you know, there's consequences. So it's, it's not one of those things where you can just take on things by yourself. So you're always trying to be really careful, which is why I'm apparently the responsible one of the group who wants to buy the entire <laughs> inventory of any general store, because you never know. I, I, I like to be that MacGyver who's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. Why, why in the world do we need rope flour and soap. I was like, you'll see. Okay? Oh, yeah, you'll, yeah. You'll, you'll just wait. We're mm-hmm. going to need it at some point. So I'll become like the hoarder of the wait, group. Wait, didn't we actually use that rope at one point? I don't think we have just yet. Oh, we will though. But it's it's kind of like in that same venue that, you know, I keep certain things as well. And I have a 15 pound of bear meat still in my knapsack. Oh, you still have that? I do, yes. And I'm going to make it. It's a... probably pretty rancid by now. Well, it's only been like two days, so I mean, if you put yeah, like yeah, salt but... on it and just you know preserve it some way, yeah. you know, like I, I, but you know what, we can have bear jerky. 
Yeah. yeah that suppose. way we can have it whenever we want. <laughs> Just imagining getting some bear jerky out of your nasty rogue pocket as you've been traveling and all that sweat. <laughs> <laughs> After a bloody battle with Knowles, like, who wants bear jerky? It's like, you're like, hey, fellas. Well, uh, you know, we got this new location. Anybody hungry? I got some bear jerky. <laughs> yeah. Who wants pocket bear jerky? Worst, worst street vendor. Worst, mm-hmm. worst, you know, food truck ever. Well, you best believe I'm still going to talk about that bear meat until I throw it out. It's like your goblin heads that you keep for some reason. Well, no, they're not, not goblin heads. I, <laughs> I, I, do, I do have one severed goblin arm in my bag because you never know when you might need it. See, this is how I just sound like a hoarder here. It's like, and you never know like- when I'm going to need this, this empty bag of Cheez-Its. <laughs> I, I might have a need for this. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you never know. Like, this whole game could turn in any corner and, like, we could expect something, you know, completely random and we're like you know what i have the exact tool for this bear meat (laughs) (laughs) i can bait it you know with somebody and trap them so you know dungeons and dragons is such a fascinating game and you know every now and then we'll keep on giving you guys updates you know on our game session and you know if we survive and stuff like that and have to create new characters or is it just, just, you know, reincarnations of ourselves with terrible stats? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mostly the terrible stats. Uh, but, you know, I would also say this to anybody who's who might be listening and thinking, you know, oh, Dungeons and Dragons, man, that is like ultimate social suicide right there. Ultimate. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is I kind of thought the same way at first. I was definitely like I was always kind of a, like a nerdy guy. I always played video games, always, you know, comic books, things mm-hmm. like that. And. I always knew of Dungeons and Dragons, but I was like the nerd that was like, okay, I'm nerdy, but I am not crossing. That I ain't going full nerd I'm here. not crossing that geek bridge. That's a, <laughs> that's a bridge too far for me, and there's no coming back from that. So I used to think like that, and then I became, you know, uh, an adult, quote, quote, <laughs> and uh, decided I didn't really care. And I was like, yeah, what the heck, I'll give this a try. And it, I was totally blown away from the first session. And, oh, for sure. And honestly, I'd recommend it to anybody. Guy, girl, it's it's literally a board game where you can pretty much do anything you want. It's like there's mm-hmm. there's no there's rules, but there's no rules. Yep, you just do whatever the DM has for you. So it's like, and what if you are DM, though? You make the game. You make so. the game, exactly. So if you're really controlling and particularly sadistic, <laughs> uh, being a DM is something that's pretty great. You can just pretty much control the fates of... Uh, these uh your friends oh yeah so would highly recommend it to anybody who's maybe on the fence about it or maybe you know someone who even it's not even in their peripherals exactly and you know speaking of uh games yeah uh i i I was reading this uh article the other day oh yeah about you know this uh it was i think it was on ign Mm -hmm. uh which is a kind of a popular pop culture website but mostly specialize in game video games oh yeah and, here. <laughs> and one of the questions was, um, they asked a bunch of the staffers what their favorite video games were mm. of all time. Their, oh yeah, their, I think their, I saw their, that. Yeah, their top five. So I was thinking, what, 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 you know, about my top five. But I'm gonna ask you first, man. What, what would you say is your top five video games of all time? Oh boy. And why? Oh, you're I know it's it's a ridiculously hard question. It's it's a loaded question. Um, but what's what's loaded about it is that my range of video games is all over the place. So sure. like very retro stuff, you know, newer stuff to an extent, you know, the in between. Like I go through multiple genres. So like there's so many games right now going through my mind. I'm like, okay, what can I do? Like you know, what games? Like oh, this one's good. This one has like you know a lot of 
you know, features in it and stuff like that. So I'm just gonna go ahead and list something out for you. So um, I really don't have an ultimate, so like the top five I'm gonna list here, they're not in order. They're just kind of like somewhere in the same range. I just have to list five. Um, one that strikes out for me is the- Yeah, way to be really committed to it. Really, really <laughs> definitive in your uh, top five answer there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, I just want to lay everything out. Just make sure, like, no one's like, like, oh, that's your top five. Well, that's stupid. Like, like, it's not in order. Dang you us. say that like that's not going to happen anyway. Oh, that's right. We only have two view- <laughs> listeners. That's right. Yeah, I keep wanting to say viewers instead of listeners. I, I know. It's very it, weird. It's because we're we're film people mostly. We don't deal with just listeners. But, <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, the first game I can think of right now is uh, Bioshock. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. Um, I absolutely love Bioshock because it's one of those games where it kind of transcends the medium. So, like, you know, when you see certain movies, you can think of, like, you know, the best of the best. So I'm not really a fan of this movie, but, like, you know, when people think, like, you know, greatest movies of all time, you think, like, oh, Citizen Kane. You know, when oh, people gosh. think of, Citizen, like... I'm going to say... Look, I'm, I'm going to go off topic here. Hey, here we go. C- Citizen Kane is so overrated. It is, it, it is. It is just... I, it's so boring. It will... Because, like, it involves, you know, something that's morally dated, you know, newspapers. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, I know. But, like, you know, I will say, though, I do respect the movie, though. I don't really like the story, per se, or the yeah. characters. I think, you know... Um, to Charles me, it's all Foster, about story. Charles Foster Kane is literally, like, a self-loathing, greedy person. However, the techniques done in that film were groundbreaking for, like, the four, early 40s and, for its time oh yeah like just the way like you know that one mirror shot they had where like you know um then you have like frame on um frame on action shots and just like you know you're looking at all these camera angles and editing techniques you're like wow this guy's this guy's got something but anyways as i was going with that and this is um, where we lost the rest of our listeners ayo <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you know citizen kane's kind of like you know like you know top movies of all time and then when you go into television shows it's like you know Breaking Bad and The Wire, you know, like for like, you know, like transcending the medium, you know, pieces of art for this. And for uh, video games, you know, there's so many that I can think of, but I feel like Bioshock is one of those games where like it was like one of those titles. And the way, the way, the reason that I say that is because it, it's basically influenced by like ideology and like philosophy and, you know, um, critical view on like you know um money government religion relationships and it's basically uh, for those who don't know it takes place uh, underneath the ocean where there's this like you know um can you not Bates is here <laughs> where's this this um a, like huge businessman andrew ryan who decides you know you know what there's no country on earth that can you know house my city so i'm going to do it underwater where no man has done and it's like a very idealistic man where like you know it's he believes in self-worth and stuff and like you know the game kind of goes into that and you're like you know the game plays fine you know with you know all the shooting mechanisms and stuff like that but it's really like the backstories of like all the audio diaries the world itself becomes a character and not you know like oh you know your your character jack doesn't really have any character you're just uh he's really just a vessel for you but like the whole world of this game is just so engrossing and enveloping and it's just so I, I always go back to it every like few years or so and that first 45 minutes of the game still holds up it is still so beautiful and the city's beautiful too like I, I love just like walking through each section and looking all the 
art decos and like the design that the um video game creators put into this game and I just i still get blown away by it um so definitely bioshock is on there and um, that was just one i know <laughs> i have a lot to say <laughs> and you're gonna hear it <laughs> unless you pause it or get out of this you know episode but whatever <laughs> um the, another one i can think of is uh, super mario world for the super nintendo um i i was thinking about putting super mario 64 in there because that was you know i had more attachment to that and you know nes mario and stuff but super mario world is just fun like it's just good fun gameplay that's just a great platformer um you know i just like there's so many secrets in that game it's just colorful the music's whimsical and the um designs of the enemies look great it's just i i always like have fun like playing that game like i can just pick it up and play it anytime um another one i can think of is banjo kazooie for the um, n64 oh sure yes and that game i would i would actually consider that game like some of my like top favorite games of all time because i can always like once again kind of like super mario world i can just pick it up and play it and just beat it and just always have fun with it the music by Grant kirkhope is amazing the level design is awesome the characters the, you know the funny speeches that they have in there just like it's, it's isn't, a, it, isn't it a game where they're like oh, oh, yeah just 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 grumbles and yeah, a bunch sound of grumbles and grunts because they didn't want to have real dialogue in there and actually i think it a lot of people complain about it. it's really annoying i really didn't find it annoying i thought it was kind of funny <laughs> um okay so that's three um four i probably have to say um chrono trigger um, chrono, okay chrono trigger for the super nintendo once again getting kind of a theme here um this uh this game it's always been on my top five consistently for the past few years and it's I don't want to spoil anything, but it's probably one of the best RPG games ever made, and I always have fun with it. And it's it's so um, influential with other games, and like it's just everybody like always pulls something from that game. It's actually you know from the minds of Final Fantasy, the art design of the um, Dragon Ball series by Akira Toriyama, and the uh, Dragon Quest um, games as well implemented in there, and it's just it's beautiful it's still wonderful to look at and i always try to play it as much as i can because it's just one of those games man um and man i'm kind of disappointed because like there's so many other games i want to talk about too but like you know but the show's only an hour and 15 minutes oh let's 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 see about that (laughs) (laughs) um but the only other one i can think of off off the top of my head right now uh would probably be um the original half-life for pc oh okay half-life um, yep yep i a lot of people say half-life 2 is better i i love half-life 2 but half-life 1 was just groundbreaking for me because there's no cutscenes in that game it's all in-game you know events going on scripted and you know you're in this lab facility in black mesa and you're trying to you know escape with your life with the other scientists and there's these aliens going around and you have the government coming in killing everybody and like you're just um, a nuclear physicist named Gordon Freeman just trying to, you know, drink his coffee and just survive the morning. And like, it's just, it's such a deep game, but not really. It's like just scratches the surface, but there's so many things that come from that game. And like a lot of like first person shooter games would definitely, you know, trace its influence from there. Oh, and I, I, I already know I have five already, but I'm just going to mention Fallout New Vegas. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) The rule said five, Buster. You can't be going past getting me number six. Well, too bad. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to describe it deeply because I can do that in another episode. 
but Fallout New Vegas is one of those other games where I can always go back to and just have fun with that. You know, but that's New it. Vegas is pretty good. New Vegas is beautiful. I always I love that game so much. But all right, what about you, Chris? What's your uh, What's your five or six? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not doing six. Okay, uh, uh, by the rules. I had to, I had to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> uh, I would say number one, my number one game of all time. Is uh, gotta be Final Fantasy X. Ooh, that is a fun game. How do you like that? Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna go through them real quick, and then maybe maybe touch on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy One definitely. Or <laughs> number, That's a good game too. No, no, not Final Fantasy One. Yeah, respect Final Fantasy One, but it's not my top five. Final <laughs> Fantasy X, number one, and then this is gonna be kind of a cheat. So I uh, okay, and I gave you New Vegas. So I'll, I'll take a little cheat here. Uh, I'm gonna put two the entire Kingdom Hearts series oh that's because a, that's a great series there's, there's too many like there's too many now there's too many games so i'm just gonna put them into one category and you know particularly one and two they that's just, that's that's more than six chris yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> so so one and two you know are particularly the kingdom Hearts saga just you know it was one of those games that just changed my life from, yeah you know, as a kid I, I have a deep attachment to the first one. Oh, like, definitely two's i think two's a better game but i like one better for some reason like to me like the music better. it started at all yeah it was, yeah it was it the was levels uh, were great. How... It was so creative it was so innovative it was one of those things where it's like Disney and Final Fantasy combined? What? How will this work? And so, you know, and it worked great. It was was a match made in heaven that nobody knew was going to be a match. Exactly. It was two very unlikely people swiping right on Tinder. (laughs) Hey, we come back to Tinder, Joe. There we go. Uh, And so I would say my third is probably Red Dead Redemption, which is, you know, by Rockstar. The second one's coming up. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. 2018 is is a great year for video games. I got to say, there's so much good stuff. My wallet is going to be just totally deflated by the end Mm. of the wall. Yep. But yeah, Red Dead Redemption, just great story, great likable character, great open world, Wild West. Yep. You know, great ending. Um, and I would say my fourth is probably, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's it's an old kind of PC game series Ooh. called Monkey Island. Oh, yeah. You know, some people mm-hmm. might know Monkey Island. It's pretty obscure, but for those people who are Monkey Island fans, they're yep. pretty hardcore Monkey Island fans. <laughs> you know, how it's hilarious. It's it's a it's a great comedy click and point adventure game with some strategy involved in it, and you basically play as this really doofus, kind of incompetent, cringy pirate named Guybrush Threepwood, <laughs> and uh, he's just he's just really pathetic, really he is corny. But he's really likable at the same time. Yeah. And uh, I uh, so I'll put the Monkey Island franchise probably. Oh, so we're going before. franchise yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then I my know. list is completely different now because I thought you were just you know yeah. putting single games into this list. Like now I have like a completely different list. So I'll have to yeah, do another exactly. time. So I yeah I I definitely uh, went out of the parameters on that one. Yeah. Uh, well, and then man, number five, number five, probably. Pokemon Silver. Oh, that's the best one. You or or Crystal, maybe because Crystal Gen, didn't get everything. Well, that was like the definitive edition of Gen Two. Yeah. Um, but can... Silver. I mean, Silver. There was no other game like it because Silver was the first, in this, as far as I know. I mean, I haven't kept up to date with everything, but the first and only game in the Pokemon series where you could go back mm-hmm. to a previous region and then oh, face yeah. the gym leaders there. It created uh, like such a better game, you know. Yeah. You had a whole you had a whole end game after you beat the uh, uh first region. Yeah, I I heard that um 
I watch a lot of like you know gaming videos like with history and stuff like that. And apparently, um, Satoru Iwata, the guy um, who helped you know produce this game in a sense, that that whole like you know going back to the original area in Kanto, that was an afterthought. Like he actually like you know just. The, the whole game was originally just going to be all in Johto in this one region you were at. But then it was like, you know what? You know, we can probably compress all the data and memory on this, um, the stuff that we made and put all of Kanto in here too, all on one cartridge. And he made like the best Pokemon game ever made. You know, it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. So no offense to y'all, y'all gold people out there, but I'm, I'm, I'm team silver all the way. It, they were the same game. Though. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But there's, you know, version exclusives. I, I don't know. I was, I was a Lugia guy. I know you could get Lugia and Ho-Ho, but uh, well, yes, that's the name of a Pokemon Ho-Ho. Well, Ho-Ho <laughs> was a higher level in silver anyways. And that was my favorite out of the two. So yeah, I, I just thought Ho-Ho looked kind of goofy. I, granted. Okay. What oh, Pokemon, they look goofy in general. It's but, a bird. <laughs> but Lugia was just... Maybe it was because I liked Lugia so much from the Pokemon 2000 movie where they oh, yeah. had Zapdos, Moltres, Articuno. Mm. Man, I remember... One, I, two, three. I remember I, I was <laughs> able to convince my entire summer camp that we should go to that premiere of that movie. And yeah. that was actually what we did for a day at summer camp. Was oh, that's we, cool. Was we all you know went to go see pokemon 2000 in theaters but it, you know one of the you know, i wanted to see it but there was kind of an ulterior motive for me trying to convince everybody to go to oh what, oh the card you could get the ancient yep. egyptian mew i still have mine pokemon i see we i lost all my <gasps> pokemon cards it sucks i had oh, such no. a great collection my mom I, I guess threw them all out one day where i was like you're too old for these so they're, oh, they're going away boo. and i know I, I the only thing that survived was my holographic blastoise card and that's oh. really honestly all i needed because blastoise it, it, it doesn't get better than blastoise blastoise team team Ugh. squirtle team blastoise that's that's where I stand on that. Oh, come on, Mrs. Kemperman, don't do that. Uh, yeah, I know. It was uh, so, and it's 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 really unfortunate because now we see how how valuable those OG cards are. Well, I mean, they are, but they aren't. There's like this. Okay, now you're getting me. It's been here. Uh, we're we're going off topic once again. Get ready for that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna say that a lot. So if that's really gonna be a problem uh we would we would understand if you decide this isn't the show for you uh if, if there's anybody even listening at this point i realize uh that we we spent a lot of time on nerd topics here so uh get ready know. for that <laughs> but uh, as i was saying though um the ones that are worth more money are like mistakes so like there is a uh i'll give an example oh, okay. a lot of people think like yeah. charizard is worth a lot of money you know and he is more valuable because of his rarity and stuff. But all the things I did I, to I, try to get a Charizard card back. I in the still, day. I still have mine. Shameful things, it's horrible things as a kid to try <laughs> to get that Charizard card, the holographic Charizard. It was like I had everything. It else. was. I don't know why it was so popular. Man, too. I was like, so shady and underhanded with that kind of stuff. I was like trying mm-hmm. to trick people. Try, you know, I'm making kind of all deals. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, that's a nice Charizard you got there. How about I trade you? Uh, this holographic sand slash and this holographic gold duck and this holographic chancy for that charizard think about this man you're getting three cards three holographics and you're just giving up what one stupid holographic but everyone's like no everybody you are cool if you had the holographic charizard oh yeah so it was like i had to get I this got, card i actually had mine uh got it on new year's eve in 1999 like when i was going to See, 2000 you even remember the exact oh you yeah got it. i still remember the story um shout out my parents here uh forgetting this but um, I remember it, we were getting stuff ready for the party for the year 2000 coming up. 
and we went to um, a, a mall in East Michigan, uh, Great Lakes Crossing. And I remember we, I would go to this, um, the Wizards uh, shop that had like um, all these cards and stuff, you know, baseball, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, whatever. I don't think even Yu-Gi-Oh was around in the States yet, but, um, but Magic, the Gathering, and all that stuff. And I remember um, I asked my mom, and I'm like, hey, um, would it be okay if uh, we got, you know, like a small deck of um, Pokemon cards? Because there were two methods back then of getting Pokemon cards. Um, I, it may still be relevant today, but um, there was the small single pack one, and then there was like this collection deck, like collection that has like, you know, all a lot of cards in this like category, you know. Um, and I remember my mom was like, oh, you can get like two little single pack at once. I'm like, okay, cool. I might get something like, cool out of this. And um, they, I remember they would put the rare cards in the back of the packet, one single packet ones. And I went through one of them, you know, Magic Card was like the first one, like up, and then the energy cards or, or whatever, <laughs> like just getting like all these craft cards. And then suddenly, I remember I got like a card that I already had. I think it was like a Kabutops, I think, or some of that. Um, but still cool. I love Fossil Pokemon, but um, and I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. And Blast, I mean, um, Charizard was the only one I didn't have of the original three starter Pokemon. So like, you know, there's I had Venusaur, I had Blastoise, but I didn't have Charizard. And I remember a few of my friends, my neighbor. Um, was basically like my big sister just she had a charizard as well something like oh man i wish i had a charizard so i go through the second packet once again another magic card more energy cards more you know just like worthless gosh those cards. energy cards I had so much of those mm-hmm. and then at the back guess where it was a holographic charizard bam right there i was able to get it before the 21st century began so i thought it was kind of cool like you know, I was freaking out. My parents were like, "Well, what's up?" They're like, I got a Charizard, and I was like, "I'm like, oh, awesome, that's great, dude." You know, and just like you know, I've always like, um, I've always kept that one like in its own sleeve, you know, compared to the rest. The rest are like you know having their own thing. I mean, Charizard even isn't even my favorite Pokemon, not even close. But like, it was a big deal some, back then. For some reason, I still have like a tie to it because you know, it's I was able to get for a, th- a single pack and not like the expensive expansion collection that has all the money it's like i got the random one you know i mean i didn't really do anything i just you know i got it but like you know it's just it's still kind of cool like i still remember that very fondly but um man, that was one new year's eve man I'll tell you what <laughs> there hasn't been a new year's eve that's any that's surpassed that it's just that's there's no top in something like that yeah i mean i mean there are some but that was like top of the top cream of the crop so cream of the crop <laughs> that's right we do wwe references we, too. we are ref- wrestling fans so get ready for some <laughs> wwe humor so and if you don't like that we got two words for you too bad <laughs> uh so uh yeah, no, I, I I was big on trying to get the Charizard card. I don't remember how I got a Charizard card. Mm-hmm. I just remember that I it was peeling in the front. So it was like I had the card stock at the back. But peeling. Then, but the front where the like picture oh, of Charizard, yeah, it yeah. was actually peeling over. And oh, no. I, you know, I was so desperate for Charizard. I was like, mm-hmm. I'll make this work. I'll find a way. <laughs> Where's the glue? Somebody save this, this card. And so, uh, you know, obviously I go to like Hobby Lobby or something and got myself some really nice stick Elmer's glue. And, uh, you know, I got in there and it's like, you're going to be okay. We're going to make this work. uh, We're going to make this work. And so folded it back on top and, you know, put it in a sleeve. And it's like suddenly I was the cool kid. Nobody knew that that it was peeling. And and, uh, that was, you know, how I completed my uh, triumvirate of, uh, uh, you know, Charizard, Venusaur, and Blastoise. And suddenly I was, mm-hmm. 
I had achieved status <laughs> as a, as a popular '90s kid with the the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell um, you what, Pokemon was uh, definitely something for sure. But uh, Gen Two Pokemon that was like an awesome game, nevertheless. So definitely a good definitely slot on your top five. Yeah, I would agree. All right, so I know we're we're, we're getting close on on time here, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to kind of hit you with another kind of uh, popular thing. Oh yeah, know, you might have heard of this. That's uh, it's kind of going around these days. This this week actually, there was a whole lot of discussion about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I want to ask you, Brandon, do you hear Yanny or do you hear Laurel? Oh boy, oh, you're asking. Uh, I have. I gotta uh. ask. What? Which one is it? Okay. Well, as an audio person, I'm just gonna debunk something here for you. What do you mean by that? So, it's actually Laurel, but the pitch has changed. So, like, whoever, like, outputs the audio recording changes the pitch of the track. And when you're hearing Laurel, it's it's a lower pitch. But when you hear Yanny, it's a higher pitch of the same um, recording. So, when people say, like, oh, you know, I hear Laurel, I hear Yanny on this one, they're like, they're two different you know um videos or audio recordings of that but it's actually the same recording but they just like up and shared like two different things so it's you know just a pitch shift honestly and you know a lot of people are like you know making a fuss about kind of like that um fears back with the um black and blue and white and gold dress whatever like that that's a little different because you, you know, mean the white and gold dress oh no 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 it was blue and black <laughs> sir <laughs> um anyways um with, with with that it was kind of different because it was visual but this is audio and you can change i mean you can change visual too but like you know, the human eye can see different things but with ears it's kind of like you know and we kind of hear all the same thing so um i mean we pick up things more but this is literally just a simple pitch change like nothing else to it it's kind of uh lame if you ask me but spoken like a true laurel mm. <laughs> team yeti <laughs> 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 Uh, but yep well that is the uh, end of our first episode and man what an episode it was went a lot farther than i thought but you know what it was quite the ride for sure um what to expect for future episodes is that we'll actually have guests on each new episode that we have yeah so, most likely they'll just be our friends all four of them yep <laughs> uh, so we expect to hear reoccurring characters yep but uh whatever comes next you know we'll talk about new stuff and we'll have their input as well so it won't just be boring chris and brandon here so we'll have a special guest um we yeah yeah thank you also to all of our listeners here who managed to get through the entire episode without fast forwarding that's uh that's a real accomplishment a real challenge in itself mm-hmm. uh you know there's the cinnamon challenge and then there's you know the the going off topic challenge <laughs> listening to the whole thing how without far fast you, forwarding it's like how far can you last yeah. how far can you last without being nauseous so <laughs> thank you for that thank you for our listeners who did actually listen to the whole thing oh for sure i hope you uh had a enjoyable time catch us on the next episode of going off topic Woo woo! have a good one <laughs>